Good evening and welcome to Own in the Evening. Own Dog here alongside Alma. Hello, hello. And we are ready to make a great episode 28. Yada, 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 consistency. Yada, 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 28 in a row. <laughs> we talk about it at the beginning of every episode, so we won't bore you a lot with it today, but 28 in a row. Yay. Yay. We did and, it. <laughs> and we did it. With that, we'll swing right into things. Alma, how's your day been? My day has been okay, you know, all things considered, but a little low energy. And so I'm just trying to make it through the day as best as I can. You know, one of those days. It has, I, like, I felt a bit of off energy from you. You said low energy, so okay. We'll roll with low. Um, how has the mania or the general mental health been today? Mental health has been all right. Um, the kids have been good. You know, it's just getting last minute stuff together for school and trying to tie the loose ends together on that. Um, so maybe the stress is weighing on me and that might be pulling me down. I know I didn't have a good night's sleep, so that's factoring in, you know, into it as well. And, um, and then, you know, we'll touch on it later. I had a social day out of the house. So there's, there's a little bit of everything coming into play with, with the low energy. So we will talk, we'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it now. Um, you did have a social interaction or a social experience today, and there has been a lot weighing with school and all of that, you know, getting back in the swing of things and getting the kids where they need to go. And that kind of works hand in hand together with, you know, our next topic. Uh, but more importantly, Overall, if you had, I guess what I'm getting at, if you had to give me a rating with 10 being a perfect mental health day with no mania or, you know, any of the, any of the symptoms that come with it, depression, hypomanic feelings, any of that stuff, uh, what, 10 being none of that and perfectly fine day, one being a lot of it and not a fine day. And that could mean either you've swung to depressive or you swung into the manic euphoria. But like, where would you say your mania was today? I would say I was probably like a four or a five. I'm feeling low, like almost depressive. Like I've swung out of the manic high you know, euphoria, and I'm feeling deflated. So there's that energy of lowness that's there. And that's never a pleasant one to have in a day. Right, for sure. What is bringing you to, f to f those low feelings? Or do you have anything that you can put, kind of put a finger on that, is driving those low feelings as much as I don't want to admit it. It's, it's that thing we talked about 
just last night. The It was just an announcement in a server I'm in that somebody committed suicide. That hurts. <laughs> That's it. Someone that I knew that I didn't reach out to enough that it hits me and makes me feel like I didn't do enough to someone that I knew was struggling. And like, I, I, I reconcile that you can only do so much in a day. You can only help so many people. And even still, it, it hits home that somebody lost their life. And it was somebody that I knew. So it's, it's just a wave of low energy from the fact that could I have done more? Could I have been there? Had they, had they rejected me? Like, I, I don't remember the last time I talked to them, why we stopped talking. So I don't, I don't know all the ins and outs of why that friendship hadn't been prevalent in my moments in present moment. So it's just, it's a lot of unknowns, but it still hits home that somebody lost their life and it weighs on me. I can understand. I appreciate you sharing that um, because that's something that, you know, we talk throughout the day and everything, but we haven't, we haven't talked about that today. And so I'm glad you shared that. I'm going to, I'm going to give you a, I know we're in the middle of a show here, but I'm going to give you a hug. Okay. I appreciate that. It's okay. <laughs> Thank you. I love you. I love you. So, all right. I, I understand, Alma, how you feel and what you're feeling. What I would encourage you to do is give it the right amount of thought. Like, obviously, it's not your fault, but you're questioning if you could have done more. So if you're, it's okay to explore that and to go and, and take a look see when the last time you communicated with them, you know, if those are the things that you're curious about. But as I've always said, feel the right amount of bad. Um, because you don't know their situation. They might have cut off communication from everyone. You might have reached out and they would have ignored you. There's no way to know these things. But if your takeaway is that you can reach out more, that's a good takeaway. But don't feel too bad. Feel the right amount of bad. I appreciate that. And that's that's really what I'm trying to do is just focus on the things that I do know that I tried to be a positive presence when we did communicate and um, and. Yeah, it just it sucks. It's just a life loss they were young they were trying to work out their stuff and 
it's just a big bummer. Do you know, you said they were young. How old were they? I think they were like 24. That is young. And they had mental health issues, like delusions and psychosis and, and things that made their their life hard to handle. And so they, they took their delusions and, and psychosis into the spiritual realm, which I think got them off track and hurt them more than it helped them. But I, I don't know. It's just, it's a big bummer. Well, I'm sorry that, I'm sorry it happened. You never, it's never good to hear that someone is gone that another life was lost and you wonder if people had reached out or if someone had been there and maybe there was we we can't know but what we can do is to do our best to be there for those that need us to be there so the lesson again the takeaway if you take away anything is reach out talk to somebody tell somebody you love them all the things that we try to say over and over again. I don't know if I believe in mantras, but if, if that's what a mantra is, make that a mantra. You know, tell someone you love them. Talk to somebody. Reach out. Even if you're mentally well, reach out to those who may not be. Because sometimes someone's just hoping to hear words like, I'm thinking about you. Or... I'm happy you're here. Just something. Find the happiness in others and let them know that you're happy that they're here because that might be all it takes to kind of bring somebody down off the edge. At the same time, if you lose a person close to you or you lose a friend like Alma has lost here today or, you know, when it happened, um, don't take it too hard or too personally because ultimately you can't control the other person. And so you can only do and control what you can do and control, which is pilot your own vessel. So don't beat yourself up too much. Alma. Don't Thank feel you. bad about it because, you know, you do what you can but make sure you're doing what you can. And it's always okay to tell somebody you were thinking about them or you care. I don't care what society teaches you about whatever. Tell somebody you love them. Can't tell you enough. I think that's such a good thing. Just expressing how you feel about people in real and genuine ways and letting them know you care. It goes such a long way and does so much good in, in just real and wholesome ways. Absolutely. Not going to get an argument for me. Culmination. <laughs> Culmination. Now, Kick Chat is a lively place tonight. We got Jeff Nation in the house, Scroldum's up in here, and Nuclear Waffles. 
By the way, team, if you want to catch us live, remember we do this Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Kick and YouTube. Own Dog Creates on either platform. Right before the podcast comes out, we record them, do them live. You can watch them and then go listen to the podcast. By the way, if you're here with us live, make sure you subscribe to us on every podcast platform in existence because why wouldn't you want to carry us around in your pocket? It's what podcasts are for. Pocket casts. By the way, I'm wearing two hats tonight. I don't know if you noticed, uh, but I am. Fancy. <laughs> because I'm fancy. And the only thing fancier than one hat is two. <laughs> so, we kind of hit on we hit on something that wasn't even on the topic list, and I appreciate that. I hope, Alma, that talking about it and kind of getting it out there was a little bit helpful and cathartic toward helping you feel a little bit better about about it. Um, and again, I'm sorry that you lost a friend. Uh, I knew that it happened, but I did not realize that you were taking it so tough, so hard. Um, so again, I love you. I hope you're feeling a little better. I am. It, it feels better to get it out rather than hold it in and try to pretend it doesn't bother you as much as it does. So I appreciate that we had this chance to talk about it. Jeff said that's why you tell somebody or tell everyone we love them because you never know. Exactly. Jeff also said he lost a good friend of his. He was the most happy guy that he'd seen, but inside he was hurting. Exactly. A lot of times we don't show that inner hurt to the outer world, which is why it's important. As much as I tell you to talk to somebody, um, if you're hurting, you should, but as, let me just tell you that it's important too, that we all understand you got to listen because if somebody's trying to talk to you and you can't hear them or you're disregarding them, they really didn't talk to someone. You know what I mean? So just recognize that somebody might be talking to you. That the things that somebody's saying, you know, they may be talking to you. So make sure you're trying your best to listen your best as well. That's really good advice. Like from so many people that I, I talk to, they, they speak of being heard and listened to and how important that, that helps them feel in a good way. And like, that's that's spot on advice. I'm I'm so glad you pointed that out because it's not just saying words of I love you and which is helpful, but it's hearing them and what they're going through that really does that extra mile of helping them feel like they're not alone. Empathy is better. It's better than sympathy. Sympathy is good. Sympathy is, oh, I feel for you. I feel bad for you. That's sympathy. But empathy is not feeling bad for someone, but knowing what they're feeling. 
I know what you're feeling because I felt similar things at similar times. I empathize with you for being sad that people don't hear you as opposed to, oh, I feel bad for you. Empathy is way better in terms of what you can give a person. And if you really think about it, I'd imagine you would agree that oftentimes when you're pouring your heart out, you don't want someone to feel bad for you. I mean, that'd be okay if that's all you can find. But in some regard, some level of you, I'm sure would love for that person to know what you're talking about, to know what you're feeling, because that helps them relate. So strive to be empathetic. This didn't, listen, this wasn't supposed to be a tips show, but by golly, we're getting a, quite a few tips. Try to be a good listener, strive to be empathetic, reach out, whether you're hurting or not, because if you're not hurting, you can still reach out to those who might be. See, it's turning into a tip show. <laughs> I guess that happens when you lose someone. You just want to make sure you're not going to lose anybody else. So a very good point. And again, all these lessons stand whether we're losing someone or not. But certainly a way to avoid or to try to help someone avoid making a bad choice. So as we switch topics, but not really switch topics, it ties hand in hand with your day. You were already kind of swinging through a low due to circumstances, you know, that we've di discussed already. Then today was an orientation of sorts for our second daughter, or should I say orientation? <laughs> That's, I, every time I say orientation now, I make that joke. I don't know why. Use it with your friends. Let's make it a thing. But I digress. It was orientation day. And so you went to orientation. Now you, you know, professed here on this show, you've talked about struggling with social anxiety. That's no secret. And so for you, it's a big step for you to go to like an orientation or something. Oftentimes I will do these things because they stress you out. So today you went and, um, yeah. You know, with the day that you were already having, sorry, I, I cut you off there, but how, how did it go? How did, how did it, how did things swing? You know, I, I went with the focus of getting my daughter through her first walkthrough of high school, like trying to find her classes and get situated in the school. And, you know, she's, she's comfortable around people. So it's no big thing for her to be surrounded by people and just co-mingling and walking around. So I didn't want to express my discomfort. So I just bottled that up and tried to go with the flow as much as possible without putting on my obvious anxiety at being just surrounded by so many people it was just from being isolated at home with six people five people other people to going out to a large high school with i it feels like at least hundreds of people it was it was a big rush of energy and 
commotion and just loudness and just that I come back to it. The energy of it was overwhelming and I just, I had to buckle down and focus on what we needed to do, which was just find the classrooms and, you know, get through the moments, which it wasn't too bad. But the thing that really got me was like, I tried to make eye contact with people and like smile and engage. And it was, it was really sad how few people engaged back with me in that way. Like I felt rejected. Like just a smile back at you or to acknowledge your nod at them. Exactly. Like you would think because for the most part, I think freshmen were the majority of the people that were there. Like we went to this one classroom that was like freshman seminar that happened to be across from a senior classroom. And the teacher was like, the the teacher came out she was a senior's teacher and she said yeah i haven't seen a a kid yet but all the freshman teachers are downstairs in the library you know so the parents can meet them down there figuring most parents are going to want to meet the teachers so she came out and explained that and you know by and large all the freshmen are going to be on the same floor on the same going to the same classrooms so you would think there's a commonality that we're going through the same experience that like hey hey parent with likely a child of my same age hi just a wink a nod a smile something but like none of that it was it was cold it was it was just very abrasive and and i i just almost hostile and I didn't like it. It wasn't the warm and comforting environment that I'm used to. Or okay. that I and I don't know if that was my low energy tainting the perspective or if I'm just sending our daughter into a hostile environment. So you don't normally run into situations like that, do you? Like when you go out, normally you come back with a good story to tell about an interaction with someone, you know, on the days where the anxiety doesn't overcome you, your interactions tend to be pretty good. Very much so. But like, like, you know, I go out and I find good stories. Yes. Yes, you do. But you do stress quite a bit. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's, I mean, that's part of the struggle, I guess. But more than that, let's, that's a topic for a different conversation, I guess. Um, What, uh, you said it was hostile. What about it made you feel hostility? Just the tenseness of the energy. Everybody felt on edge. Like, and I don't know, maybe that's because you walk through metal detectors when you walk in. Maybe that puts everybody on edge. I don't know. Maybe that put me on edge and I'm projecting outward. Everybody else is on edge. But like it just to not get smiles or nods back like that just it felt off putting. 
And would you say like it was a hundred percent of your interactions? No, not a hundred percent. I got some, but not nearly as frequent as normal, right? It was a higher percentage were disengaged with me than were engaged with me. Okay. More people were in their own bubble than were looking up at other people around them. Okay. Well, I mean, there's, there are a number of reasons why that could be. And obviously you already know that, but at the same time, what it does to your psyche and what it does to your feelings, I think is partially, you know, that's the social anxiety. You yeah. take things like this that are probably non-starters. They're like nothings, but you build them into something. And I'm not saying that you're wrong, that nobody or that even a large percentage of folks as you observed that it wasn't everyone, but it was a larger number. I'm not saying that didn't happen in a world where it did happen, though. I think you're giving it too much weight, like you're allowing that to drag you down your interactions that you did have with people. They were positive. Yes. Oh, yeah, very much so. And the interactions that you had with the teachers were by and large positive interactions. Very much so. And your interaction with the building and the facility itself was positive, right? Like you didn't get locked out of a door or tripped down the stairs or anything where the facility got you down. Nope, nothing like that. So then I'm no psychiatrist or psychologist, but this one, like it almost feels like is in your head. It's of your own creating because even in a world where those folks didn't acknowledge you, the ones that did were positive. And so, you know, you spoke through all the reasons, maybe because you go through the metal detectors, it kind of puts you on edge, maybe because you're dealing with a stressful situation of putting a child into school, high school for the first time. Maybe those two things commingle in one's mind and create this scenario where you're just not at your outgoing best. Mm. That so could you, be. You've, yeah, I mean, you've observed all of those things already. Those were really your words. But yet in your mind, you built it as hostility. You see? Yeah, that's interesting. So, yeah, I think that that's the social anxiety. That's what one does in the depths of one's mind, creating something out of nothing. Or weaving the smallest things into the biggest tapestries. Whichever, like there was something here, your interactions were sparse and the folks that did interact with you were great, but by and large, people didn't acknowledge your nods and smiles. So, you know, in a world where all of that's true, it doesn't, you recognized why that doesn't necessarily mean anything. And yet you built it in your mind as hostility. Yeah, I can see how that's not healthy to paint the the whole picture based on that that experience now i'd imagine that social anxiety it, i know in you that it takes other forms as well 
but does social anxiety taint your interactions or your view of how things were, thus leading to a false narrative or a false reality? Oh, I would say for sure. Because if if you're in your head, spinning reality is negative or uncomfortable or hostile, that's going to taint then how you perceive your interactions inside of those moments that you're going through it. Wouldn't you say? I mean, I would think so. Yeah. I mean, but you might not be aware of it. I don't. You know, personally, I'm blessed to not suffer with social anxiety. So I'm not the foremost expert, so to speak, to speak on, you know, how it would spin in one's head. But using my, you know, logical jumps or inference that I make, I can totally see where you'd start to spin things. Uh, Why I don't do that, I don't know. Perhaps I've just trained my mind not to. But I understand the thought process about, you know, behind letting this stuff spin. I personally, though, just stop myself short of allowing those thoughts to spiral. Like, yeah, all that could be, but that's not likely the case. What's more likely is all these other things I've observed. See, that's that's lucky you. I mean, that you're able to control your mind in that way. And so, yeah, and I, I say that not meaning any... Thank you, by the way. I, mm-hmm. I think that I'm a very fortunate person. But outside of that, not just because of that, but because I have Alma, mm-hmm. which makes me the most fortunate person I could think of. Thank you. I appreciate you. Yeah, winning some brownie points. But beyond that, beyond that, yeah, I mean, I am, I feel blessed that I don't have these struggles, but I recognize them in you. And so... I'm always thinking about you and like how to help and how to think and get myself to where you're at. And because if I can figure out what thoughts lead you there, then maybe I can help you backtrack, you know, out like jelly beans in the rabbit hole. I can, (laughs) I can lead you out. I appreciate that. But as I say those things about how, oh, it just, my mind doesn't spin those things. And it sounds so easy. I realize for like Alma and so many other people who deal with social anxiety on a daily basis, it's not that easy. And so again, I can't understand your struggle 100% because I've never been there, but I can see what it does to Alma. And so I feel her pain because I'm so close to her. And I, I can understand where it would be kind of crippling in some regards. And I wouldn't wish it on anyone. Uh, so if you, what, Alma, what do you have like, that you could offer? Are there any tips that you found that help you kind of get geared up for those situations where social anxiety is going to take hold? Oh, for me, like the, the self-love is like the biggest thing that helps with social anxiety because what spirals in social anxiety for me is the worry that I'm not enough, that I'm not going to be accepted, you know, that I'm going to make a fool of myself, you know, those kind of thoughts. It's all around how I'm going to be perceived by others. And then the spinning starts. So 
if I can coat the moment with self-love that, yes, I'm going to be okay no matter what I do. If I make a fool of myself, I'm, I'm still enough to be loved and appreciated and respected. Then it helps that social anxiety kind of feel better because the worry is the worry comes from a lack of acceptance of self projected out to be a lack of or to be a perceived rejection by others so if i All can right. make myself accept me then i'm not as fearful of being rejected by others okay that's some deep dive right there <laughs> Got to dive deep to get to the root of the problem. Hey, I appreciate it. Now, is that all? Is that all self-learning? Or did you like, because you've gone to therapy and counseling and all sorts of different stuff. Or is that is that 100% all mother? I, you know, I couldn't tell you. It's all, everything I've gone through has shaped me into this person. So it may be a little bit of counseling. It may be some therapy. It may be anger management. It may be part Alma deep learning herself and just the words found me to explain it in the moment. Well, whichever one it is, we'll, you know what, that's good enough for me. We'll just call it the Alma method. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm down with the Alma method. I wanted to give credit where credit was due. That was deep and well thought out. And I think it was genius. And so that is the Alma method team. If you are struggling with so, uh, social anxiety, I would highly encourage you to implement and give the Alma method a try. Love yourself. Love yourself enough that you don't have to worry about others rejecting you. Sounds good enough to me. So with that said, overall, you got through the day, Alma, and you rated it a... I think a five on the mental health scale, 10 being just fine and one being mental health meltdown for one reason or another. And um, you said five. How would you say, for, forget that question, that's a foolish question. It doesn't matter. I was gonna ask how, how much the, the social anxiety impacted that five. Like was the bigger thing, the weight that you were dealing with or was the bigger thing, the social anxiety that you felt from the situation outside of the home? But ultimately, I don't think that matters. It really doesn't matter. What matters is you had a five day and you made it through. How do you feel now at the end of the day? We came in to the show at a five and I don't imagine the show made you feel any better. But now that the day is winding down, do you feel that you're kind of swinging to a better end or do you feel like you're spiraling? No, I think I'm coming to a better end because it feels good to talk, to process, to decompress and just get it out. Um, it's always better to work through things and think through them and, you know, come to a better sense of how you feel. So from a five to maybe a seven, like it, okay. it goes up when you get to work through things. Definitely. Just the, the ability to admit that the, the suicide was weighing so heavily on me. That was a big relief because I think that was a repression that was 
just hanging over me that I don't know that I had fully accepted was hanging on me. And so to be able to put words to that really lifted my energy. Well, I am glad then that we that we fished it out of you. Um, I don't like to use that term, but for lack of a better one, that we were able to get that we were able to get that out on the table and um, and and help because I, I again we went all day and I, you know my I I wish that we could have talked about it sooner. So I love you and I'm glad you're feeling better about it. And obviously. You know, I'm here all the time, even when the show's not on. So come at me, bro. Come at me. <laughs> uh, we're out of time for this episode. We've hit like that magical 35 minute range that we like to try to stick around. But one of the things I'd like to make sure that we talk about next episode is because it came to me as you were talking. And as I asked the question of how you felt, how you felt the rest of the night was going to go. It made me wonder if when you're emotionally spiraling, if you know you're spiraling, if you can feel a spiral coming, like if like tonight you're thinking, man, it's just feeling like a bad night and I think I'm going to hit the low tonight. Like So that I'd like to get into that, but that'll be next episode because okay. we're out of time. All right. That's a good that's a good talk to have. And it'll give you a chance to kind of, you know, think about I always like getting candor on the spot, but this will give you a chance to kind of prep for it and give folks an opportunity to know what we're going to talk about next time. Don't forget next time we'll be coming live on Thursday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, kick.com, youtube.com, own dog creates on either. You can come on in and watch us do the podcast live hang out and participate in the chat just like nuclear waffles jeff nation scrolled them and so many others we thank you for being here alma what do you got planned for the evening for the evening this was I, a struggle last time if i'm not going right to sleep i'm gonna discord for a little bit all right so a sleepy night for alma i've got a million things to do so i'll try to do one of them aye 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 well, you know, we'll get there. We were, you know, doesn't matter what I'm going to do. It doesn't matter what I'm going to do. I'm going to finish this podcast. That's what I'm going to do. Edit some audio. All right. Well, thanks again for hanging out with us. Don't forget to, you know, subscribe and interact. Leave us a comment. Let us know you subscribed. Uh, we would appreciate you. And beyond that, we'll talk to you on the next one. For Alma, this is Own Dog. Don't forget to make a great night and make somebody else's night great as well. And tell somebody you love them. It's very important. Until the next time, we love you. Thank you. Keep owning the evening. <laughs>